Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. Specific advice. Give me, tell me what I need to do. I get, I get asked the question all the time, you know, just, just, just cut to the chase and tell me what I need to do. Give me the one, two, three. Yeah. (laughs) Which I'm really loath to do, uh, because as a, as a coach, I have found that it may not be the best route to take to stretch people and have people grow. But at the same time, and you know, this from our experience of working together, the role playing, a big part of that role playing is to really delve down into the specific kinds of things. And so I'm not loath to give people some specific kind of thoughts or guidelines, some things to think about, but you and I've been pretty focused in our off the podcast conversations about how important communication is and how important it is that we learn to really clearly communicate. And whether you're a new hire or you're a veteran person, or if you're an experienced person that wants to get to the next level, but let's just ball all of that up and we'll just call it anybody that's in a position that really wants to grow and develop into a high performer. And I'll just leave it at that and just table the whole leadership kind of thing. We'll talk about your own personal leadership, leadership in your own career of you just trying to be your very best and some of the communication foibles that you and I both encounter on a pretty regular basis of people who just, uh, I was reading an article and at some point we may talk about it, what HR directors in the light of all this new AI technology, artificial intelligence technology, what HR managers, there was a survey, a study done of what HR managers, uh, I think it was worldwide, think the next skill sets might need to be for people. And of course, digital competence was high on the list. People that are aware of AI tools and AI technology and how that can be incorporated into work. But another top one was interpersonal skills. And it's always the case. It's always the case because which really comes down to communication. Exactly. That's really what that means. That's right. (laughs) It's our ability, <laughs> which is our, always the number one issue. That's right. It's our ability to communicate with one another, which means our ability to, I'm going to put listening first for us to listen and for us to understand. And then for us to whatever that response is for that response to be as good as we can make it. That's right. And to be effective. That, yeah. And that means and the delivered tone, well. Yeah. That means the tone. That means the intent, the purpose, the thoughtfulness. Uh, you and I've talked before and it may be, it may be worthy of its own show one day, the difference between being kind and nice. We want to be kind. That's right. We want to be kind in, in all of it. So here's my question. What are, as you think about those kinds of things, what are some specific things that we can give people that they can go and think about, incorporate, and then start to develop their own kind of personal development plan of improving their own interpersonal skills, their own communication skills. And let me begin by asking, what are some things that you have encountered that you've experienced that 
that people do that just comp- we sabotage ourselves? How can we at least stop killing ourselves before we think about getting better? Some behaviors, we just need to stop them dead in their tracks. What are some things that you have seen people do that may not kill the career, but certainly don't enhance a career? The number one issue I've faced in in uh, working with people, not only on my team, but other in in other roles across city, you know, I've been in city government for most of my career, 90% of my career, and most of that here in Grand Prairie. But um, the number one probably deal killer, I call it, for growth and development and advancement is lack of ownership, uh, deflection, deflecting that my issues are caused by everybody else's problems. In other words, um, if I've tried to help, my, my goal, and I think many goals of great leaders is to develop our people, to serve them well, to serve them and help them get where they want to go, right? Uh, Help them improve and develop so they can get where they want to go in life, in, in, in professional um, expectations. But if they don't own it, so I've, I've encountered people, not just on my team, but, but across the organizations uh, here, and at my previous employer, and even in, in private sector when I was a new professional, that you try to give coaching, you try to give wisdom and share it, and here's what I see that you could strengthen and enhance to make you a better performer, right, That to, to do mm-hmm. better. And they, well, yeah, but, you know, it's it's not really me. It's, it's because the computer's doing this, or so-and-so doesn't get me the stuff timely, or... Well, it's not me. I am I have to be absent because I've got health condition. So it's always this deflection instead of really focusing on, no, the issue is not the, issue is not the reason for the leave. The issue is the pattern of leave. You know, listen to the words coming out of my mouth. Like, <laughs> you know, so they don't, they aren't listening. Like you said, listening is number one. Here's what I, I see you can improve upon to make you better. But if that's their um, and, viewpoint, have you ever converted somebody like that to the the greater truth that you're accountable? I have, but they have to be willing. They have to own it. It's all ownership. They have to own that and believe that what you say is true and re- reflect upon themselves to say, I could do better. As a, as a, as a professional myself, I rely upon that wisdom. I rely it. I relied upon it from you as my coach. I've relied upon it from my leadership team at Grand Prairie. If they say here, you know, I remember Cheryl saying, you're, you're up here, you're in my A performer, but I want to get you here. So what do you want to do? What, what is it? What is your goal? And as I explained it to her, she was laser light focused on helping me meet that goal. But she also clarified here, here's the things that can help that. And I had to accept those to be true. If I didn't accept it to be true and I didn't believe that what she was saying was something I truly needed to uh, enhance is what I call it with staff is I, I needed to make that stronger, a stronger skill. Then I've really defeated my own value of wanting and, and own mission of wanting to improve. If you're not willing to accept what others are trying to provide to you based on what you've asked, or what they see in you and what they see your potential to be, 
you're letting yourself down when you're not listening and making an action plan to improve upon that. That's the the greatest thing that I've seen. They deflect. The practical reality is if you don't want to improve, then your, your, your days are numbered. And if they're not, if they're not, then you're working at a really dreadful place. That's going to, truly, truly you're being the weakest link. You know, the show, well, the or, weakest or if link you're the weakest around. link, if you're the weakest link and your days aren't numbered, then you're really in a horrible, you're in a horrible culture. You're, you're never going to be in a high performing culture. So that's not our audience. Clearly our audience, anybody that clicks play on a podcast named grow great is interested in their own personal growth. They're becoming better. Sure. Okay. So, so a lack of accountability, but as we're talking about communication and ways that we can be more efficient, more effective. And I'm going to use the word positive, and I don't mean by that that we're all frou-frou and rose-colored glasses, but positive Rainbows in the sense. Rainbows and sen- butterflies. Yeah, but positive. <laughs> yeah, positive in the sense that you know we're we're trying to advance things. We're trying to make progress on this thing. This thing right. may be a horrible, horrible, disastrous thing that we're dealing with, but we don't need to make it worse. So yeah. can we avoid making it worse? So as you think about the communication part of all that, down to the specifics, what kind of communication things, okay, let's table the the lack of accountability for that person. I'm assuming, correct me if I'm wrong, that that just oozes in nearly all of their communication. I mean, it's the elephant in the room for them. Well, it come, yes, it comes out when there's... From a communication standpoint, there's there's two things that I would say are primary here. One, they aren't listening to start with, and they aren't ready to accept what you have to say. So there's no accountability or ownership to change, which is part two of it. You have to take action to change things and want to progress. The, the um where I've seen on the flip side, when you're talking about that, where I've seen the greatest success and the the specifics, I and I and I've referenced this in in prior shows recently. Um, been working with a, a young lady that's trying to get back into public se- public sector for a while, and I love the fact that um, as she's reaching out, she's reaching out to me and another longtime director um, in HR that I have respect and trust as well, and has been working between the two of us just to trying to get back in the public se- sector and trying to land that job that really she would love to be in. And so um, the success story part of this, while it's not, she's, she hasn't reached the mark quite yet, but she's in the in the process, is that she took action. So not only did she ask for feedback, the feedback we had to give was, what you call kind. Uh, I said, you know, how do you want me to provide this feedback? Because there's a lot to add, but I don't want to, I don't want it to come across to break your spirit or to get you frustrated or discouraged. It's truly just what I see that I think might help change, change the delivery. You have good thoughts. How it's coming out is unclear. All right. Pause right there. Just pause right there because just that right there. How did you learn that? Because you and I both know that 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 right there is uncommon. Well, people e- don't e- want e- to. It's easier to just go ahead and bark and say, well, I'll tell you what, you know, you did this and you really, I mean, they don't even, what you just said, I would 
I will go out on a limb and say, in my experience, most people don't approach it that way. Now, you and I are kind of wired the same, and so we right. we approach it well, that way. But how did you learn that? You know, Randy, I, I guess there's two ways. One, I was taught to be kind by my parents. It started at a young age. So I think that's part of my values and my belief system. That's number one. But to actually apply it in leadership, first, I've learned over time because I had people that served me that way, and I grew significantly because of it, and, it, and I'm successful because of those that helped me along the way. And then I, I mean, it's a, it's a two prong approach. I had to be willing to change. They had to be willing to invest in me. That's where I think the difference is. If, if you want, as we talk about all these things that you can do, um, and our leadership recipe, we're talking about the concepts, but for you it to make a difference in your life and, and the lives of those you're impacting as leaders for our audience purposes, you have to be willing to take action on those things and seek wisdom and insight from others that do those things really well and that are willing to give you the positive, constructive feedback to be, get better. Then you have to actually act upon that feedback. So I when I learned it, I had people that helped me with that. I saw the value it gave in me and helped me progress. And I... As I've developed in my career, I want to serve others in the same way. I want to make them better than they are today, achieve the goals that are important to them in life. And I I want to see success for them in every person that I touch, not just my team, in my family, in the people at church, in others that I help at the city, in others that call upon me outside of the city to for advice and guidance. My goal, they have reached out to me for a reason. I want to help them get where they want to go. I'm invested in them. And I, you learn you learn that because people gave to us. If they didn't give to you yet, start the cycle. What are you waiting? Don't just sit there and go, well, nobody did that for me. Well, be the one. Be the light. Be the light for somebody else that did help them. Everybody has to start somewhere, right? We all yes. have to start learning to ride a bike, falling and scraping our knees a couple times, bumps and bruises. But eventually we rode the bike and did it well. Well, but and that's it, the rub. That's it's trial rub. and tribulation. You, you did that because your focus wasn't on yourself. Your focus was on her. Your focus was on how can I how can I help her? And the best way that I can help her is first to be kind and get her permission, which you knew you were gonna get. It's yeah. not like she's gonna say, No, I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna hear what you got to say. I mean, come on, <laughs> she's reached out to you for this kind of coaching and stuff. So, well, but, but, secondly, but that's, lost. Randy, that's lost on a lot of people because we're in it and we know what we're thinking and we make it more about us than we should. Yes. And it's easy to, uh, I think that the fault of so many um, unintentionally is to try to make others like them. In other words, I'm going to teach them how to, how to do it like I would do it. Well, they're not you. You have said this before. Were you born in Ada, Oklahoma on That's this right. date? That's you know, right. well, no, then you're then I'm not you. So my focus when others ask for help is my first question is, what are you trying to achieve? What do you believe? What are you trying to achieve? And tell me about, tell me about what's happened so I can start understanding their situation um, because 
In fact, I had an employee come to me recently and they're like, I just want to be, I just want to be like so-and-so. I just, and I said, stop right there. Stop. I want you to be the best you, you can be. I think it's great to want to be, have similar traits to that or to be efficient like that or to be organized like that. But trying to mimic somebody else, lean into you, lean into, I want you because you bring to the table this unique gift. That other person brings a different gift. I love their gift and I love your gift. So let's lean into what you do well and then try to pick up these these skills and traits of another. But I said, don't other don't utter those words again that you want to be like somebody else because you're devaluing the gifts that you've been given. And that's why I brought you to the dance, right? Mm-hmm. I want you to lean into who you are. And so the same thing goes when you're when you being the audience and me and Randy as servants to one another. I think the focus must be on what are they trying to achieve and how can you help them get there from where they are right now? Not to be like you, but how can I help them get where they're going and evaluate what's going on? Um, And for me, the approach is send me, send me something or let's practice. Like Randy, you did role playing with me, which I hate, but I don't hate it because it's not a good tool. It's an excellent tool it makes you uncomfortable and uncomfortable can create great things if it's done well and you do it well because you through the process of role playing and I've learned that and I've done it with my team through effective role playing, you get to practice it and it's much harder to practice in reality than it is listening to a podcast and going, yeah, I need to, I need to do that. When you're actually, when I make somebody in a role play situation, I bet nine times out of 10, I asked them the question and we just went over it and they go, um, deer in headlights. Uh, dang, that's, I don't know what to say. And I'm like, okay, let's rethink it. Okay. What was our first? And I just walk them through it again. And yeah. it's like, let's, so let's take it, let's break it down. And we try, you know, we kind of do one yeah, thing at a time right. because you've got to instill in them confidence at the same time they're going sure. through something uncomfortable. Right. So well, I never, love the role playing and hate it before. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I didn't mean to derail your story, but it, no. I thought it was important. Just we're talking about communication by and large. We're we're all over the place, but with a point, and I think it's appreciated by folks. I hope in that conversation with her, though, you didn't just die. You just didn't leap headlong into okay. Well, you need to change this and this, 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 and this, and this, and this. No. You. Know, you you were much kinder her, did about did it. Did I have per- yeah, well I asked permission. Can, Correct. How do you want this to go? Because I I do have feedback, but so it's pretty substantial. Keep going yeah. with your story. Well, and and um and I don't think she'd mind sharing cuz I, I think we have a great relationship. I'm not going to say say who it is, but um but I appreciate the the whole purpose of this conversation today that we're sharing um to the audience is one, you have to listen. Two, you have to act. And three, once you get the feedback, you have to change and modify to become better than you are today. So with those three things in mind, I appreciate that most about her because not only was she willing, That's she good. is I'm taking write that action down, with people things. she trusts, right? She, she's mm-hmm. she's reached out to us for help. 
and we're we're serving her, which is what leadership is all about. Um, is you know serving a focus on others, and so um, with her with her particular item, you know she had she had a, a written document that she just wanted some feedback on, and uh, we provided that, and it was pretty substantial change to the original document. Again, smart. She knows the concept. She's got a great leadership uh, mentality. She's got a great leadership concepts. But the challenge was in the delivery, right? How it was being said to get the point across. And we just had to re help her rethink how she was communicating it. And she did a great job. I mean, within a couple hours, she had rewritten the document, taken that feedback, did an amazing job, um, and and I think has grown through it. So, so I what think specific it, what specific things could you share that our audience could take away that might that may could improve their written communication, whether that's whether that's long form or whether it's a text or whether it's an email. I mean, what are well, some anything, the, what are some yeah, of the killers I, that people can avoid and some things that they need to think about to reconstitute anything written or verbally? Uh, and I gave her the same feedback I give everybody else. One. You have to listen, listen to your audience and what they are asking from you. So whether that's personally with her, what are you needing from me? How can I serve you today? How can I help you in anything we do as leaders in cities? We have a lot of people, especially in HR, I'm serving public works, city manager's office, the attorneys, an applicant, a vendor. I mean, the relationships are extensive in city government work. It doesn't matter the industry you're in. Uh, it doesn't matter. If you're a city manager, attorney, we serve yep. a lot of different people, uh, a lot of different all levels. All at the same time. All at the same time. So listen to what the needs are. Um, and so often we've talked about this, that people focus on what their next answer is. Stop. Just listen to what their issue is and keep asking questions till you're absolutely clear. Um, in, in our HR world, this is critical because... I tell my staff, I don't want to be a traditional HR department that is the gatekeeper and the rule maker. That is not my purpose here. That's a subset of what we do to help the city. Your primary goal is to solve problems for the departments. You cannot do that if you aren't listening to them and asking questions to get clarity of the issue. So that's number one, get clarity of the issue. Number two is you have to begin knowing the framework that you can work within, knowing what the rules are, knowing what your business tools are and the tools and resources you have, begin solving for that and make a point. Once you know what they need, you need to address those needs. Don't go off and apply a cookie cutter to what you've done to five other organizations. Focus, what were their needs? Write them down and make sure you address those specific things as an output when you're communicating. Um, in this case, she had, I said, what did, what do you know so far? And she gave me, she said, well, here's what the recruiter said. And here's what I've heard them say. And I've dug around on the website, which was all great things. And it's about, you know, these, and she gave me three, three tip, three topics. And I said, then you put a period on each one of those as to X period. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do as to X period? What am I going to do? Because they immediately see not only are you listening, but you're addressing it. Don't ramble on about other things you think at the time. That can be developed later. 
And this applies to everybody out there who's got a job and a, and a boss. That's right. Too. Yeah. Know what they need and work towards getting those things done. Your list can wait or it can just be added in behind the scenes and you can work that list simultaneously with what you feel is important. But you've got to make the priority with what the needs are for those communicating to you and address those. So that's one. Get the topics. Um, know what their needs are and listen to them. Ask questions to clarify the need and then um, start addressing it specifically. Um, one of the things that's interesting, and you brought this up to me in the past, you know, don't start with I think. Everything is I, 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 or I think, I think, I think. Just remove I think. I plan to. I will meet with. I will listen to, <laughs> you know, and then talk about, I always call it the the four, four-pronged chair. What does council want? What's the city manager and city manager's office need? What do the directors around you, your executive team think, or those you're serving if you're not an executive, your peers? And then what does my team need? That's the, the four legs of the chair. When you start focusing on those four things, you're getting feedback because really it's not about I. That's self-serving. I will do this. You have to lead it. So it's okay to use I in moments, but it's then once I get your feedback and feedback from these groups, then I'll, then my team is going to solve for those. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. You have to incorporate the I and the we uh, together. So ultimately, that's that's how I started. And that's, I believe, what helped her kind of see it's all in how you communicate the message. Your messaging, you had it in your head. It's the output. It's just changing the wording to be concise and thorough, get it on one page, and and then communicate clearly based on what you've heard. So you're addressing the immediate needs, and it, it seems to have gone well so far. And don't make that communication self-focused. No. And I think and that's don't hard. focus on the past. It's very, I don't know why, but a lot of people focus on what they did 10 years ago. That the past is irrelevant to a lot of people. Most want to know these are my needs today. How can I solve for that? So it's today and forward, not what you did 10 years ago that worked because it, they weren't there 10 years ago. They need to know what am I doing today? Now you can re you can talk about the past. We do it on our team to give history of, okay, sure. I thought there was a rule around this that was developed. We may want to look for that and get it updated. That's fine. I'm not talking about that. But you do need to focus on today and moving forward and not looking back to what you've done 10 years ago because really you're, you're going to get deer in the headlights and people are just going to get glazed over eyes and go, okay. Yeah, this is why everybody probably here. needs to have a little bit of, uh, especially early in your career, if you can. I would, I would strongly advise get into sales for just at least a little bit because you'll learn very quickly in sales. Nobody cares what you did yesterday. It's what it's what do you? So <laughs> I just grew up with that mindset of just okay. Well, yeah, that's over. I mean, I hope it was. I'm glad it was good. I'm glad I made a buck or two. But okay, now today we gotta. You know, it's it's kind of like hunting. I mean, we got to go kill it today, yeah. you know, so let's go out there and kill it today. Yeah. The other doesn't matter if you that, fed your family last year. No. Your family's got, hungry right yeah, now. they, they got to <laughs> eat today. And the other thing is for, and of course it's, I haven't dated in forever, but 
you know, I mean, who, who wants to go out on a date and the person across the table is talking about all their exes. I mean, that's okay. Wrong. Dang, you know, <laughs> you're, you're out. So yeah. So when you're looking for a job, don't do it. But I would say it, it applies to people currently in roles, right? You just can't live off of yesterday's, whatever that legacy was. I'm, I'm reasonably proud of some accomplishments, but man, I still feel like, okay, the best, the best is yet to come. I hope it just got me, got me to this point. So being too focused on self in your example seemed to me to be clearly a problem. You know, this person may be struggling a little bit to get out of their head and to focus on the other person. I know we're a broken record, but for a good reason. We're preaching the same sermon, hoping to convert more and more. Leadership still is, and we're talking about just your personal leadership, leading your own life and mm-hmm. growing as as strong as you can. It's it it is still a focus on others. It's what value can you bring to the workplace? What value can you bring to the city? How can you make a difference? Let me jump ahead and ask. So I'm going to, and we'll just use Grand Prairie as, as the example here. I'm going to be a new hire. I don't care. Put me in any role that you want, but put me in a role where I'm having to interact with people. I'm at City Hall, so let's not make me somebody out in the field. No offense to anybody out in the field, but for today's show, we need, let's talk about email exchanges. Let's talk about face-to-face. Let's talk about text me- The whole bit. I'm a brand, I'm a brand new person and I'm coming to you, and I want to know. I want to know what it takes to be an A team player in the city of Grand Prairie. And you are going to tell me what? Uh, one, be accountable. Two, be dependable. Three, listen and communicate well, verbally and in writing. Be concise, be thorough, and be responsive. And then lastly, be flexible and adapt. People get locked into, um, how do I explain it? People get locked into what they believe the role to be, what they believed the job to be. And I've had countless communications where they come back and say, well, I, I was hired to do this, but they're asking me to, now they want me to volunteer for this. Now they want me to help on this team project. But I just want to sit here and do this job. And I tell them, what would be the downside to learning another skill? What would be the downside to helping the team as a team do a volunteer project? And the more you ask them, it you can tell pretty quickly if people are self-serving or outward serving. Mm-hmm. You can tell pretty quickly, and the ones that don't fit the culture, at least here in Grand Prairie, are in they're self-serving. They don't last long because the philosophy here is raving fan service. We are serving not only one another, but we're going above the expectations of another. Not just what we think they want us to do, but going above what they believe we should do above and beyond right and i hope many cities they call me call it something different we call it raving fans many cities i'm sure have a concept like that um 
but that's what takes success here. And that's what would make them successful long-term. As a leader, I even tell my staff, what I look for is initiative, positivity, uh, teamwork, collaboration, no judgment. In other words, don't judge others for what you believe they do or don't do. Help us find a solution to the problem, period. No blame, but find the solution and let's figure it out as a team and then communicate it, write it down so we have a method, share it so everybody knows about it and then maintain it so that we can train others. And that even on our staff, we have those hiccups. We had them yesterday. I mean, we just, what we believe to be in existence may not be what we thought was there isn't. And you just have to create it, communicate it, and then act upon it. Okay. So now fast forward six months and I'm going to, I'm going to, and I'm going to get picky. I'm going to, I'm going to press you for some specifics. So six months have gone by. You've given me that advice. Okay. That that's all great. It's kind of painting with a roller and I'm, and I, I may not have a clue what the specifics of all that are. I mean, I'm going to put my well, own. Then I'm going to ask for examples. Then I'm going to put examples. my own interpretation of it. But the communication stuff, for instance, okay. So I listen to you and six months go by. And I'm going to come at it first from a failure perspective. And then we'll come back to more of a hero perspective. So six months have gone by and I am so, I am so not on track. What am I, in your experience, what am I doing wrong? Where, where, where am I most likely going to be failing in your experience? Six months later, you've given me this advice. I've left, and now I've either put it into action or I haven't put it into action or I've put it into the wrong action. But now, six months later, you, everybody looks at me, and I'm clearly not an A player where where where's my failure i would suspect almost the, almost always the number one failure is in communication verbal written it's it's something you're not doing but i would investigate with them okay well what, be specific. what, have their, what speci- has their leadership team told them that they didn't did or didn't have yeah but give me some specific ideas so that we can help our audience you know try to craft their own kind of strategy and tactics so my communication failures are going to be what? Be as specific as you can. Well, it's it's gonna it's gonna come down. Um, am I am I just non am I non responsive? Am I don't reply to people? I don't give them stuff on time, or what is it? What's the problem? It's kind of difficult for me to answer answer Randy, but here's the guidance I here's the guidance I would ask them for, and then I'll I'll use it as an example, and we'll pick one. But typically, I ask them, "What has your leadership team told you?" That gives clarity to me if they're being honest with me. What has their leadership team told you? So if it let's say as an example, it's um, lack of teamwork. They tell me I'm rubbing everybody wrong. Yeah, you know it. Um, they say I'm not res- I'm not responsive. Then I start diving into okay, give me an example. And then they'll say, well, I just uh, they said I didn't respond to five customers this week. Okay, what does that mean? When you didn't respond, is that email? Is that text? Is that a phone right. call? Or are you not picking up voicemails? So I have to dig in a little to sure. understand what yeah, that yeah. means to them because they give typically I get these very vague. Well, they're just telling me I'm not doing a good job. Or they haven't told me anything. 
That's what it, it's one of those yeah, two. I started to say, and I'm like, okay, well, hold line. on. You don't know anything about. They haven't had a conversation with you of frustrations. Well, I mean, they've talked to me five times and told me, <laughs> yeah. blah blah blah, <laughs> and but I don't yeah. believe it, or I'm I'm still right. calling, and I'm like, okay, but you're not meeting. What are the expectations? And so when we talk about that, I have to understand what the needs are, and then usually my first indication is, can I go talk to your leader? If you really want feedback, mm-hmm. if you haven't talked to them yet, that's first. That's step one. Then I would suggest that let me talk to them if we're truly trying to get this improved. Um, but you need to rely. Ultimately, it's your leader that you have to make happy, not Lisa Norris. I'm in HR. I can give you. I said I always tell them I'm on both sides. I help management and I help you. I'm the neutral trying to make this better, this environment better for both of you. And I have to understand both sides in order to do that. So usually they'll get feedback specifically from their leader. These are the ones I'm going to talk about, the the ones failing that become a success. They go and talk to their leader and try to get specifics. They typically will come back to me and go, okay, here's what I learned. And then I'll have them do an example. Okay, so what does lack of responsiveness mean to you on a customer? And they're like, well, I mean, I got back to them the next week. What's the expectation on the team? Well, they haven't told me an expectation. Okay, go get it. If you don't know, then ask. Don't just keep living in this gray and being frustrated and running on the little rat. What do you call that? The Uh, wheel. Yeah, the wheel. The death wheel, <laughs> you know, yeah. where you're just right. you're just going as fast right. as you can, yeah, the doing one the that same we feel thing. Like we're on an awful lot of the time. The definition of insanity. I keep doing the same thing and hoping I'm getting a different result. Yeah, you know. So that's that's how I kind of approach the failures. Is it's got to be. That's why I go back to accountability has to be number one. You have to yeah. you have to be accountable to change yourself if you want to truly get better. And then being able to change yourself starts with listening to what somebody else is telling you they need from you and you understanding that I need to change that or I'm not going to survive this. So if six you months- can't do those two things, I don't have much more adv- advice for you, yeah. honestly, because without those two things, humility, our leadership recipe, really a human recipe. Yeah. It's our human recipe. Yep. If you don't have humility first to acknowledge you're not the smartest person in the room, you're not the best. Um, and you need to change, you can't go to get, you can't seek curiosity asking the questions, and then you can't get the knowledge you need to get understanding to become better, right? Yep. It, it is truly that leadership recipe that has to be applied in pieces to each thing we're trying to improve. Um, so I kind of went on a tangent back to no, that. No, but did fine. that answer the question? Yeah. You have to act upon and create a plan for improvement with specifics. And then I would role play for them. Um, okay, let's talk through that. So lack of, you're saying responsiveness is, I called the next week. What did your department say? Well, they, they'd like me to call back within 24 hours. Okay, now, now it's just doing it. Okay, now I know I need to call in 24 hours. Do you have to have the solution? No, you just need to go, hey, I'm working on this. Got your email, got your voicemail. I'm, I, I likely have this an answer to you by Friday. It doesn't mean you have to solve for it in 24 hours. You just need to be responsive. That's a simple explanation. Well, I'll ask, but before I even, uh, yeah, I'll ask. And then I'll, then I'll kind of chime in and and give my own answer as a guy who's never worked at Grand Prairie. um, I could come to work there 
and it wouldn't take me 24 hours to figure out what I need to do to be outstanding. I would find out who in my department. Well, I would find out who in my department is outstanding. I would create a relationship with that person and I would ask them and then I would start asking others. I would branch out from there. You know, what is it what does it take to really succeed here? And I don't mean succeed, you know, by the skin of your teeth, but I mean to wildly excel. To excel. wildly succeed. What would it take? And unless they lied to me, they would tell me. And I would I would sniff out, okay, well they're they're messing with me. And then I would follow some of that advice coupled with just my own drive and desire. And I told you before we hit the record button, I know one way that I would stand out really quickly if I was in a role that involved email. And it's because I'm fanatical about subject lines in email. If the subject line can contain the whole message, it's in the subject line. I'm not talking about a paragraph. No, I'm, talk, I'm talking about. I mean, come on. If we can, if we can use 140 characters, give or take, at, at Twitter, I know you can do more. But if if we can do 140 characters in social media, I'm going to make 140 powerful characters in the subject line of an email, and whoever looks at it, even if they don't open the email, I have clearly communicated to them. Yeah, and our uh, and I guarantee with you, our, I guarantee yeah. you, if that's the only thing I do. People are going to notice. People are going to pay attention. So two things. One, patterning great performance. I don't believe that we all ha- we don't have to be trailblazers here. You and I don't really talk about anything all that new. Uh, we don't claim to be talking about anything that new. These are really, really hard things. And we're not, we're not these philosophical giants that are no we're not coming focused on you know we don't have phds we don't have you know we're just we're just giving you wisdom and insight that we've learned in a lot of years between the two of us yeah yeah a lot and it's and it's been successful for us well and i will argue it could be successful for anybody yes you have to make it your own my career path looks nothing like yours that's right um but I would still say that we're both a player. So I could come in there, and in six months, I I could knock the cover off the ball because I would know what it takes. And I would I would do some of the things that I've learned, and then I would do many of the other things that I, that I had learned that I brought with me. And I think if, if people can And it can started get, with humility, right? Well, it starts you, with I mean, me not coming want, in like I know everything. It's like, okay, somebody else, who's been here? I mean, you've been there 26 years. I'm asking you, okay, if I'm a brand-new director, hey, Lisa, I, you know, you're my – other than the city manager and anybody in the CMO, you're next. You're next in line for me if I'm at a director level. And if I'm at a supervisor level – my director is who I'm talking to. I just know that I I, I want to please my boss. I need to make my boss happy. Making my boss happy will make me a success. Period. It just does. Yes, my you have to. My boss is my number one to, customer. I've got you to have be to responsive align to yourself. my boss. Yep, you have to align yourself. And 
want you it's a, a watch and see right you have to watch others and you quickly learn who has respect in the organization you quickly learn who has knowledge and you need yeah. to surround yourself by those people if you surround yourself by the negative nancys and the ones that slough off that you see because hey i'm gonna stay i'm gonna stay under the radar I mean, you're choosing, you're choosing immediately where you're going to fall because it is a guilty by association often. Right. And oh, I, I know through my matter. career. Yep. I matter. always tried to see, I just watch. I could quickly tell who's respected. Uh, you can, you can identify that in minutes in a meeting, if not seconds, you can see the respect and you can see those that are arrogant versus humble. You can hear how they talk, how they communicate how they carry themselves. I mean, there's so many signs and signals. You just have to watch for those and seek wisdom from those, you know? So and I'm, I'm, I'm communicating and communication and we've, 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 we've kind of danced all, all around it, but I think it's been, it's been profitable and I, and I hope insightful for folks as, as we've kind of, scattershot this this whole thing you know the intent was to kind of give you some specific things i don't know that we've we've done that but i think in painting with a broad brush come on we got to get paint on the wall before we can paint the trim mm -hmm. and so if anything i would hope that today we've kind of painted the wall and we'll come back at a later date and we'll revisit and we'll we'll get the trim paint out and we'll get our fine brushes out because i think there are some specific things that are communication killers I think people uh, being responsive, you mentioned, that's going to be true in every organization. Mm -hmm. If you are a person and you don't, you can't read a situation well enough to understand the urgency or the sense of urgency on the part of the other person. But for me, the big, the big point of today is effective communication is you thinking about the other person. It's you getting the attention off of yourself with the exception of, okay, what can I do to contribute to this problem or this opportunity to this communication? And I've, I've made the metaphor before, and I didn't come up with it. Somebody else brighter than me came up with it. But we know about these relay races, and you've got four runners who may run a 4 by 100 each runner is running 100 meters, and they've got this baton in their hand, and they're running, and they're running, and they hand the baton off to somebody else. And if you drop the baton, your team is disqualified. So you cannot afford to drop the baton, and you cannot afford to have your teammate drop a baton. And communication is pretty much like that. If you're communicating, you've got the baton. And you can sit there and you can blame the other person because, well, they didn't, they, they got it wrong. They didn't, that's not how I meant it. That's not what I meant. They didn't grab it fast enough. Yeah, it wasn't that's not, smooth. Yeah, that's yeah. not what I said. And we can, we can blame our partner, our teammate for not grabbing the baton, but we are responsible for them to get the baton and hold the baton and run away from us with the baton. That's on us. <laughs> Right? Yes. We've got to put it in their hand and make sure they've got it. Um, well, we're talking about the how. They've got to understand it. That's right. We're talking about the hows of communication, the H-O-W-S, the hows, yep. how yep. to. And 
like you said, what it really comes down to, I, you know, as we talk about painting the wall versus painting the trim, you, you got to understand um, most people paint the wall first. You got to understand the bigger picture and then you got to get down to the specifics of the trim, right? You have to understand yeah, that. Yeah, it was foolish to do it otherwise. That's right. So you need to, if, if we're talking about the how-tos and the actual actionable items, you you have to understand what first you need to do, understand your audience, understand what, what their needs are, and then you have to be able to spit it out efficiently, concisely, and with a point. Well, the, you and I both know, I mean, that, that wall, I mean, the finish. You no, know, I've seen people paint walls nine times and still have streaks. Well, <laughs> you the, know? yeah, but you could get the finish <laughs> on the wall. You could get it pretty near perfect. But if the trim isn't done properly, well, that sticks out like a sore thumb. So we, we really have to get both. And I'm just describing today's show as more, sure. okay, we, paint, we painted the wall. We'll come back at a later date and paint the trim with, with hopefully some, you know, some specifics. And I know they're hard, right? Come on. We know, we know this is hard, but even well, the, communication is the number one issue, Randy. I mean, oh, there's no question. And it will remain your number one issue as a leader, as an employee in life in personal and professional it's communication is the number one issue I deal with and have dealt with for my entire career. Well, it's the reason that that list that I saw about, you know, how AI is going to impact in HR managers and the first one, the first need that HR managers predict in the future is going to be high on the list is, yeah. is going to be, di well, the first one was going to be digital, digital know-how in dealing with AI, but the second one was interpersonal skills. And it still remains, I, st I still love the quote that I got, you know, from a client very, very early on in this whole coaching thing you know, why are soft skills so hard? And that was a long time ago. And, and communication still, still, is an art still hard. and a skill. Yeah. Communication it, it, is an it, art it, and a it skill. Does boil, it does boil down to soft skills and it does boil down to, can we think about, can we think about other people? And it really gets back to the whole genesis of this podcast. As we're looking at leadership, it's influence and impact. It's a focus on others. It's doing for others what they can't do for themselves. And you can't avoid communication. Communication is wrapped up in all three of those things. It's the way that we talk to one another. It's the way that we handle one another, the way that we read one another, the way that we think about one another, the way that we feel about one another. And all of that impacts how we say things to one another, whether that's done in a digital domain or whether that's done face-to-face. And delivery counts. It just matters. And I'll end on this note. And there's a huge component here that doesn't get talked about nearly enough. And it's likability. Likability. I can come to work and I could be, I could be technically fairly, fairly competent, if not wildly incompetent at a whole lot of things. But if I'm not liked, I have a problem. I have a problem and it's going to impact all of my communication because it's going to be the lens through which everybody sees me. I know we live in this world. Well, don't worry about what other people think. Okay. Well, if you're a fool, follow that advice. That's right. But if you want to, if you want to make a difference in the lives of other people, you better give some thought 
to how you are viewed and how you are seen. I'm not talking about letting people dictate your choices in life and living your life for you, but we've got to have some concern for one another. I mean, we're living in a world where that just isn't the case, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm me and I want to do me and you and your horse go right off, you know, cause I'm going to do what, okay, well then you don't care one whit about me. You yeah. don't care one whit about anybody but yourself. And that's a recipe for career suicide, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'll let you have the last word. No, I, I as we've talked about, communication is everything. Um, it it says a lot about who you are. The not only what you're here, what you hear, and identifying the needs of others, but how you spit it out, how you deliver that message. And delivery is everything. You can have really brilliant ideas in your head, but if they come out in a way that rubs people wrong, that isn't concise, that rambles, all your great thoughts, nobody's going to even know about them because they aren't going to keep reading or they aren't going to keep listening. Right. I mean, it's just that simple. You have, like you said, delivery, delivery matters and you need to be aware of what people think. Because if it's not positive, you need to change it. And and sometimes, frankly, how we communicate changes by person. It's all about knowing your audience. You know, if I'm talking to the city manager, it's it may be one way. If I'm talking to my team and it needs to be uh, lifting them up in that moment, that's different. If I'm doing discipline, that's different. It's all in the delivery and being kind, but you've got to know it. Uh, you've got to listen and you've got to be willing to make the change and adapt for it to be effective long-term. Thanks for watching and listening to Grow Great, a city government leadership podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com. Thank you.